0: Shalom, salaam, namaste, salaam, uh, peace, greetings. This is Harlem University Radio and I am Naeem Abderrafi, uh, and we are broadcasting live uh, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, June 7th, 2022 description of our program, the tagline we study history to find humanity what was is and can be and can be. We write history, memoirs in particular to find ourselves. encouraging the reading of what should be read, encouraging the writing of what should be written this is the Harlem U mission. Harlem University pre- professors share history, they are writing or reading, you, 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 any, any listener, you are invited to join the faculty, no degree necessary. So to connect with me, to learn about any of this, go to my uh, website, 607-206-9720.com, 607 607- dot com. <clears throat> with that uh, done, I'll get to my reading task. So tonight uh, the uh, we are going to deal with As Rome Declines, the Church Ascends. I think next week we'll get to the uh, barbarian Invasions, as, as they as they are called in, in the text that I'm using, and in, in most most texts, that is the Germanic invasions of um, of the Western Empire. Okay, so let's get to what we're doing tonight. So we're um, reading from the 1936 text, On the Road to Civilization: A World History. Uh, the authors are professors Albert Kerr Heckel, H-E-C-K-E-L, and James G. Sigman, S-I-G-M-A-N. On the Road to Civilization, a World History, uh, 1936 uh, publisher is John C. Winston Company. All right, uh, this may take 25 minutes and uh, we may have uh, a, a co-host, young Samuel who might uh, share some uh, some some insights concerning our our uh, our topic, some additional insights. but okay so we're in chapter 18 Rise and Triumph of Christianity. topic Christianity recognized as the state religion in 311, the Emperor Galerius issued an edict of toleration which allowed uh, Christians to rebuild their churches and practice their religion. In 313, Constantine issued the famous Edict of Milan, which put Christianity on an an, equality with other religions in the empire. Although Constantine is called the first Christian emperor, he was a Christian from policy rather than from conviction. His contest with rivals for the throne, in his contest with rivals for the throne, he was shrewd enough to know the strength of support he would get from Christians, especially since his chief rival stood for paganism. Christianity and paganism thus became, to, became weapons in the hands of rival, rival emperors. And the victory of the emperor who championed Christianity championed Christianity, meant the victory of Christianity. Paganism declines rapidly after the Edict of Milan. Council, I'm sorry, topic, Council of Nicaea, A.D. 325. Throughout Roman history, religion had been a function of the state and subordinate to the state. But Christianity taught the independence of the church and its supremacy over civil or state authority. When in time, conflicts regarding doctrines arose in the church and these conflicts disturbed the peace of society, the state was confronted with a problem. How could she protect her people against these disturbances while the church authorities claimed the sole right to settle them? These disturbances, (coughs) these disturbances occurred through through the development of heresy in the reign of Constantine. When the conflicts over heresy began to disrupt the church, Constantine feared for the unity of the empire. He therefore called a great general council uh, of the church to meet at Nicaea in 325. Here, clergy from all parts of the empire assembled to settle the dispute the, this council, the first great general council of the Christian Church, formulated the first written creed of the Church, the Nicene Creed. Uh, this 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 creed became the basis of all later Christian creeds, but it did not end the conflict. In the middle of the next century, the Church split into the Western or Roman or Western or Roman Catholic and the Eastern or Greek Catholic. The separation became complete by the eleventh century and continues today. There's, there's no discussion in, in uh, this text concerning the major "quote-unquote" uh, heresy, which is Arianism, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, claim, the the doctrine um, of uh, the clergyman, uh, Arius, who opposed the deification of Jesus. But there's there's no mention of this, this text. You might want to take a look at that. Arianism or Arius. A-R-I-U-S. Okay, topic. Development of church organization. The Christian church began in the hum- humble teachings of Jesus. It developed through time into, quote, the most permanent and most powerful organization of history, the Roman Catholic Church, end quote. Uh, I don't, there's no citation for this quote. Um, the first Christian community at Jerusalem used the word church to refer to the whole people of Israel. Uh, these early Christians continued to worship in the synagogue but in addition had services among themselves in which there were certain distinctly Christian ceremonies, such as baptism, the breaking of bread or the Lord's Supper, prayer and preaching. These special services were held in private houses. The apostle Peter was the first leader of the congregation, but there was little organization and little seemed to be needed for early Christians looked for the speedy second coming of Christ. Among the Gentiles, the first churches were, were, were likewise merely communities of the faithful with no official organization. As Christianity developed from a persecuted sect to the official state religion, an internal administrative system became necessary. Also, the growth in numbers and in power made evident the need of a separate governing body. Moreover, the charitable work demanded organization because Christians felt the obligation of looking after the sick and the needy. The growth of heresies added to the necessity for organization. Salvation depended upon the correct belief. Uh, Therefore, someone must have the authority to determine what should be the correct belief. uh, What should be the correct belief. It was likewise necessary to have someone to lead in worship. Naturally, it seemed uh, that the leaders should be chosen from the older men in the congrega- congregation. So there were in the early churches superior members called presbyters. This is Greek for elders. And from it is the is the priest. Uh, uh, from it is priest uh, derived presbyters presbyterian this is greek for elders and from this word uh, the word priest is is derived uh, from the elders an overseer or bishop was chosen um, these leaders with with the deacons were the bishops uh, who were the bishop's helpers constituted the clergy which in time came to be came to be marked off from the general membership or the laity. Each congregation had had its bishop, but bishops in large cities came to have greater influence than the others and were called archbishops. The Bishop of Rome was elevated above all others and became the Pope or head of the whole church. Causes for development of papacy What historical influences favored the growth of the Roman bishopric uh, into what is called the the papacy? There were several influences. One, since the political organization of the church was modeled after that of the empire, a single ruler in in religious affairs was logical, corresponding to the single authority in political affairs. And since Rome was the capital of the empire, the congregation in that city might well be regarded as the important one in the church and its, pit, and its bishop, the head of Christendom. Two, the Roman bishop was without rivals for prestige because the Roman church was the only one in the West founded by an apostle. Besides, the Roman church had an illustrious uh, past. The Apostle Paul, and probably Peter, had died in Rome, and there had been the heroic death of many Christian martyrs in the Roman uh, persecutions. So the the Roman church was established by uh, by Paul. Three, its missionary zeal made the Roman church a mother mother church and the new congregations established by it felt a loyal attachment to their mother organization and looked to it for guidance. Four, the removal of the capital to Constantinople freed the Roman bishop from direct interference on the part of the state and left him to be the most important personage in the West, thus adding not only to his dignity, but to his authority as well. The invasion of the barbarians greatly increased the power of the bishop at Rome. The Germans who invaded the empire were not Roman Catholic Christians, and wherever they went, they persecuted the Catholic churches. The churches in Gaul, Spain, and Africa were missions of Rome, and in their distress, they appealed to the mother church for help thus bringing all Orthodox Christians of the West under the protection of Rome. When the Franks were converted to the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman bishops found in an, in, found in an alliance with them the most powerful influence in building a papal monarchy. Um, Charlemagne, but this is, we're going to the ninth century, was, was a Frank, okay. <clears throat> Seven, it was believed that the Roman church was founded by St. Peter. Mm, I don't think that's true, but I think it was Paul, but maybe. And out of this grew the Petran Doct- Doct- uh, theory, it's called in the text. We know it as the petron doctrine, maybe it became doctrine later. So petron theory. Uh, the theory was based on a passage in the New Testament. Quote, thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you, unto, unto thee, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So this is this is this is Jesus speaking. According to this theory, Peter became the first bishop of Rome, and his authority was transmitted to succeeding Roman bishops. The papal coat of arms to this day displays the crossed keys, the symbol of this this power. Peter, the pope, controls the, the gates of heaven. Topic, influence of two great popes. Two eminent bishops of Rome were in great part responsible for advancing the power of their office. Leo I and Gregory I. Uh, let's see now. the Leo the or the great, uh, outstanding churchman of the fifth century, it was he who, who first claimed the highest rank based on the Petrine theory. He obtained from the emperor a decree establishing supremacy of the Roman bishop over all other bishops of the West. With him, the papacy may be said to have begun. Although Gregory the Great who was a bishop a century and a half later, has been called, quote, the last of the fathers and the first of the popes, end quote. Again, I don't have the citation for that, not given. It was shortly after the death of Leo, Leo I, that the line of Western emperors ended. Many of the imperial powers were assumed by the Bishop of Rome, who could perform for the people of the West the functions of government Which the Eastern Emperor uh, could not. Let's see now. Who could perform for the people of the West the functions of government? Government of government, which the Eastern Emperor could not. Thus, uh, was the bishop's position exalted until, at the end of the end of the sixth century, it had greater prestige than it ever held. Okay, I think. I, I misread that or miscopy this. The, the emperor, so the, many of the imperial powers were assumed by the Bishop of Rome who could also perform uh, 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 functions of, of, of the church, which the Eastern emperor could not. Yeah, I got that confused somehow. Thus was the bishop's uh, position exalted until at the end of the 6th century It had greater prestige than it had ever held. Much of the credit for this increased power was due to Gregory the Great, AD 600. He was not only one of the greatest of the popes, but was a distinguished statesman uh, and administrator, ruling in Rome as a temporal governor. He provided for the defense of the city against the Lombards to negotiate with their chiefs and finally concluded a treaty of peace with them. He also took over much of the local political administration of the city. He is famous as a missionary Pope and through his efforts, Anglo-Saxon Britain, West Gothic Spain, Lombard Italy, were converted to the Orthodox belief and brought under the power of the Roman papacy. These converts became zealous supporters of the Papal Supremacy topic, teachings which were uh, the basis of monasticism. Uh, One ever effective source of power to the church was in the teachings about life after death. Pagan ideas of an existence, existence beyond death were vague. Christianity taught a definite other world, free from the evils of life on earth, a paradise to be gained through the sole agency of the church. Those whom the church did not save were doomed to ex- eternal torment. As a result, the sincere Christian developed a spirit of otherworldliness, which more and more ignored the things of this life to ensure a safe entry into the world to come. This spirit became so intense in some Christians that they attempted to escape from all contact with the world to devote themselves wholly to saving their souls. Out of this conception of life, they developed in the church an institution called monasticism. It was based on the belief that the material world was evil. It was one's duty to escape from evil And the surest way to accomplish this, it would seem, was to renounce the world entirely and become a hermit or ascetic, giving oneself over to religious devotion. Topic, origin of monasticism. We know nothing of the origin of monasticism except that it had its beginnings in the East, probably in Egypt, sometime in the third century. Here, conditions were favorable to a solitary life out of doors, and the earliest monks were hermits. Some Eastern monks are said to have introduced monasticism into the West about 430 AD. The hermit life, however, did not appeal to Western Christians, and climatic conditions were not suitable for continuous outdoor existence in cavern or cell. The historian Lecky draws a rather uh, unlovely picture of the Eastern Hermit and, and it is not, it is, is, it is no wonder that a more brotherly and at the same time, a more sheltered mon- monastic life developed in Western Europe. The self-torture of Simeon Stelites or Stilides, who lived atop a pill- of a pillar for 30 years is an example of the Eastern Hermit type. Hmm. Topic: Rule of St. Benedict. Uh, He was not a ruler. (laughs) Rule of St. Benedict. Western monasticism differed from that of the East. The practical West, with the abuses of the East as a warning, organized monasticism and made it a powerful agency of the church. This organization was mainly the work of Benedict of Nursia. He belonged to a noble Italian family, but when he was 14 years old, he felt so disgusted with corruption in Rome that he became a hermit. <clears throat> Other hermits gathered around him, and in AD 528, he went to Monte Cassino near Naples and founded the famous monastery of Monte Cassino, not Cassino, uh, ca- ca- uh, two S's. Uh, he drew up a constitution to govern the monks, the famous Benedictine rule, that's the constitution. Uh, if a man wanted to enter the order, he had to pass through a period of probation to determine, his, to, to, to determine his fitness. And after his probation, he had to take the vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience. He was not permitted to own any property, he was not permitted to marry, and he must give absolute obedience without protest. The regulations called for seven hours of manual labor, two hours of reading each day, and time for meditation and prayer. Strictly speaking, monks were not members of the clergy. They were not ordained and could not perform the ceremonies of the church, the sacraments. But but monastic life came came to be regarded as the ideal Christian life. And many clergy were chosen from the monasteries. Gregory the Great was the first monk to be elected Pope. In time, monks came to have the rights of clergymen and, 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 called <clears throat> and, and were called regular clergy because they lived under a rule and, and, and the uh, Latin for rule is regular without the R. So they were called regular clergy in contrast with the secular clergy who lived in the world, uh, from the Latin word for world, which is, uh, uh sec- seculum, seculum topic. <clears throat> Estimate of monasticism. So this is the authors, uh, or the opinions of the, of the, of the authors. And we, we, com- we come to the end. Uh, Monasticism had its virtues and its faults. There were good monks and bad monks. For in time, the religious motive was not the only one which drew men into the monastery. To the temeth, it afforded a place of refuge. Well, you wouldn't have to go to war. To the studious, an opportunity for a life of study. To the superstitious, an open road to heaven. Uh, To the ambitious, the possibility of a bishopric—that that is the office of the bishop becoming a bishop besides the monk was still a human being and even a rigid discipline (coughs) excuse me and even a rigid discipline could not always destroy such weaknesses as greed gluttony frivolity, vanity the piety of the monk was sometimes an unwholesome piety His sense of sin was exaggerated, and his method of getting rid of sin was unnatural. His celibacy caused a lowering of respect for marriage. His ideals of education set up false standards and discouraged secular learning. For his education was to prepare him for heaven and not for the duties and responsibilities of this world. But the benefits from monasteries were many. One eminent historian says, quote, it was always the monks who saved the church when sinking, emancipated her when becoming enslaved to the world, defended her when assailed, end quote. <clears throat> Again, no citation. The monastery did much to sweeten the life of a rough age. It served as a hotel for the traveler, as a hospital for the sick, as an asylum for the unfortunate. The monastery school was the principal center of literary activity. In the monastery library, some of the monks were set to the task of copying books as a part of the required labor of the day. The happy result being that many manuscripts of classical literature were preserved, which would otherwise have been lost. Monks cleared forests and drained swamps increased the acreage of cultivated land, and at the same time gave examples of efficient farming and horticulture. Monks who worked in the shops developed the fine arts of painting, carving, architecture, and the manual arts of of, of industry. Besides the fact that these holy men, besides the fact that these holy men worked with their hands restored to honest labor, the dignity it had lost under the Roman slave system. The example which monks set in humility, obedience, and religious enthusiasm had a wholesome effect on the morals of the laity. One of the greatest services of of monasticism to the church was the missionary activity of monks. The command of the founder, that is Jesus, quote, go ye into the world and preach the gospel, end quote, made Christianity a missionary religion. But in in the early church, there was no organized agency for for such work. Monasticism provided that agency. Monks carried to the Germans, that is the quote-unquote barbarians, monks carried to the Germans not only a new religion, but a new civilization. The most illustrious of these missionaries was Boniface, his date is 755. As apostle to the Germans, he labored for 40 years in their conversion and the organization of churches and monasteries. He did more to to spread Christianity among the heathen, barbarians, heathens, than did any other missionary except St. Paul. Okay. So that brings us to the end. And I see that I am joined by my young assistant Samuel Robinson. So I'm I'm going to bring Samuel in to see if he has anything to add. And um, <clears throat> if I if I experience any technical disturbances, then I'm going to uh, fix fix my mic. Then, but uh, for now, I will just uh, see if we can. Bring him in without any adjustments. So, Samuel. Hello, hello. How's it going? Aha. Salam aleikum. Aleikum salam. Aleikum salam.
1: Well, oh,
0: what's I. Uh, I. Uh, I have nothing to add this week, uh, unfortunately. But I was happy to sit in, and you know, actually, I mean, it's common knowledge. About the decline of Rome and how the church kind of rose to prominence and power, but all of these little details and how that happened is interesting. I came in a little late, too. So I couldn't uh, benefit from, you know, I, I, from the start of what we were talking about earlier. But um, it was interesting, interesting to say the least, but I have nothing to add, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fine. That, that's the uh, you know, what time is it? It's just 7:30. That means I'm able to catch Jeopardy and see if any of this reading, <laughs> if any of this reading I've done, will help me answer any of those questions. Oh, i or, never know. Hey, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you'll have something next week or, or or whenever. We're going to be, you know, as I said to you before, um, the uh, what your what it is you've been looking at—that is what it is. What it is that catches your interest uh, con- concerning uh, Rome and and, and and art. All of that will be timely at any time. So uh, you just take your time and you know come on and and uh, share with us whenever you want. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> do well do. Okay. Thank you. So uh, with that. I'll say to um, my audience, thank you for your, uh, your attendance and your forbearance, and if you want to know how to join us live and, and actually be a co-host like uh, uh, Young Samuel, all of that information uh, you can get by uh, starting at uh, my landing page, 607 dot com. 607-206-9720.com. So, uh, with that, uh, shalom, salam, so long.